My whole brand is based off of making women feel comfortable and confident in what they're wearing. Because if we're honest, the minute that we wake up, immediately start to, to change ourselves. The way you feel about yourself whenever you leave in the morning shapes every decision that you make. That's Elizabeth Hellslip, better known as Pebby, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Hey guys, I'm your host, Kara Duffy, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast, where I invite my favorite humans, the awesome, the up to something, and the extraordinary to come and share their story. I hope that you'll be left entertained, inspired, and moved to take action towards living your most powerful life. Elizabeth Hillslip is the founder of Pebby Forevi, an apparel empire based in Ohio. She's self-made, building her business slowly and thoughtfully, which has resulted in consistent growth over the past nine years. In this episode, we talk about why it matters that designers are creating fashion that make women feel confident, why it's important to make the path easier for those rising up behind you, how you can start a business empire with only $40, and she even shares a few of her business pro tips too. All that and so much more coming up, but first... If you're interested in discovering what possibilities and businesses are available for you to create and to live your most fulfilling life, please visit thepowerfulladies.com forward slash coaching and sign up for a free coaching consultation with me. There is no reason to wait another day to not be living your best life when you instead could be running at full speed towards your wildest dreams today. So I love hearing about startup stories. So you said you started in your basement. Yeah. And what was it that made you go from, that would be cool to, I'm going to actually do this. Like, what was the first thing you tried and how did it, how did it go? This is one of my favorite stories to tell because I feel like it just tells, it shows people that you can honestly put, do anything that you put your mind to. And it doesn't, you don't have to have a lot of money to succeed. I think that's one of the biggest lies that we're told is that you have to have money to make money. That's a lie. Because I started this million dollar company with $40 in the bank. And I, I love telling the story. So um, I was a military wife and we were stationed in Fort Carson, Colorado. And I came across this little screen printing kit. And screen printing is something that I've always wanted to learn how to do because I've always been into graphic tees. And I found this little $40 kit from Michael's and it was all like, I had like $80 in my bank account. That's it. That's all I had. Mm-hmm. So I, I bought it. I bought the $40 screen printing kit and I took it home and I, I ruined it in like 10 minutes. Like <laughs> I ruined it. And I was like, are you kidding me? So I was like, okay, like, I think I got it now. I'm going to go back. I went back like a couple of hours later, as soon as I got done ruining it basically and purchased another one and I brought it home. I freaking ruined that one too. Like, I, but I was like, there's gotta be a way that I can get this to work. Like, you know, it's a little hobby kit. So they didn't give you a whole lot of redos. And apparently mm-hmm. I'm not very good at reading instructions. So when my <laughs> husband came home, I was like, can we, can I please have $40? Like, I mean, we were, we were both broke. Like, I mean, he, we, he was fresh into the military. I had left everything in Columbus to be with him. So, I mean, that in itself is a disaster, but that's a story for another time. But he was kind enough to give me the $40. So we spent like, you know, as a in whole $120 investment, but you know, it was mm-hmm. a $40 screen printing kit. And on that third try, I finally got it. And it, it was hardly a screen printing kit. It was essentially a cardboard box with a light bulb screwed into it. But I figured it out on the third try. I figured it out. And I remember like, there was something that happened to me whenever 
I figured it out. There was something that it sounds so corny, but it was like birth. It was like, this is it. This is why I'm here. I can finally find a way to create what I want to create. And up until that point, I was taking shirts from Goodwill or shirts of my own and cutting them to be more flattering because I've never been mm-hmm. a super small girl. I've always been curvy, thick, whatever you want to call it. And so there's never been a time up until what I've created that combined being comfortable and fashionable at the same time. I feel like if I was being fashionable up until that point, I was stuffing myself into something that wasn't comfortable. It wasn't made for my body type. And then Mm -hmm. if I was wearing something that was comfortable, I just felt frumpy. So up until that point, I was taking my own shirts and creating my own silhouettes, but it was working fine. But then whenever I found out how to screen print, I was like, I can make those t-shirts with those flattering silhouettes and put my own design on it. And it was like, I was completely obsessed with it. And from that point on for probably who I think I, I think I was able to quit my job after, after a couple of months, because I wasn't able to keep up with the amount of orders coming in and have my full-time job. I was working at a receptionist at a car dealership or as a receptionist at a car dealership. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm losing money by being here at this point because I can't keep caught up and I would be able to do so much more if I was able to quit my job. So, um, but up until probably about six years ago, I was obsessed with it. And I I probably put in no less than 70 hours a week. So that's, that's another thing. Like, you know, you don't have to have a, you don't have to have money to make money, but if you don't have money to make money, then you need time to make money. You know, you're out there doing all the dirty work yourself, which is fine. Mm -hmm. There's two routes that you can take. And I chose to do the more frugal one, but you know, it took me, it took me longer to get where I am. Mm -hmm. And how did you get your first orders? Uh, I uploaded everything on Etsy. Etsy was kind of new. It wasn't anywhere where it is today. Uh, I, I got like my wedding veil off of there. And then, you know, after it was, it was new to me. I was like, what is this? Like, what is this place? And then I started poking around and I was like, oh, like I definitely belong on this platform. Like the things that I'm creating could definitely do well here. So I actually got my kickstart off of Etsy. And then mm-hmm. once that started rolling, um, there were some issues with like legalities and trademarks and all of that. So I stepped off that and started my own website. And that's primarily where the sales come from now. Yeah. Um, I always think it's so exciting when you get your first sale and then when you get like your first sale, you're like, oh shit, this is going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what was that experience for you? And and do you remember your first sale still? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to be <laughs> completely honest. And I want to say this to every entrepreneur because my first sale was from my grandma. <laughs> she was like my biggest supporter. I was so excited. I got this like little alert that said, you got your first sale. I was so excited. Like, oh my God, I finally made it. And then it was from my grandma. And I'm like, huh. like, thanks grandma. <laughs> but also like, you know, it's not a real sale. It wasn't organic. So yeah. yes, I remember after I, I had up until that point, I had other stuff on the Etsy website. I had a couple of like hand stamped thank you cards. Like I had dipped them in tea, you know, very like shabby chic or whatever you want to call it. And those had been sitting up there for like three or four months and no one was taking the bite. Whenever I listed my t-shirts, it one sold within an hour. And that Mm -hmm. was like even more confirmation that was like, okay, like I've been stopped on the street so many times from people saying, I love your shirt. Where did you get it? How did you do it? La, 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 la. And so I was like, yeah, like I know that women want to dress the way that I do because it's comfortable. Like it had, like I would, the, the main seller back then was the off shoulder shirt. And the reason why that's so popular is because people who are 
not thin in general. This is a general statement. A lot of us don't feel comfortable in tank tops or tube tops. Like we're, we're uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. We don't want to show our arms. Like a lot of tank tops are tight. Like we don't, we don't want that. And so the off shoulder Mm -hmm. option gave you the option of like being your skin, being able to breathe, like you feeling the breeze on your shoulder and your neck without being stuffed into a crew neck. So I was the girl that used to wear like hoodies in 80 degree weather and claimed that I was cold or comfortable that way. But really I was more comfortable with hiding my, my body versus being comfortable with like, you know, my physical surroundings and what clothing I was wearing. So, I mean, a lot, my whole brand is based off of making women feel comfortable and confident in what they're wearing. Because if we're honest, the minute that we wake up, the very minute that we wake up after brushing our teeth. We, most of us immediately start to, to change ourselves. We do our hair, we do our makeup. We find Mm -hmm. clothes that, that, that either make us feel terrible about ourselves or that make us feel great about ourselves. And I'm like, oh my God, like the way you feel about yourself whenever you leave in the morning shapes every decision that you make for the rest of the day. I can tell you, like, I refuse to weigh myself in the mornings, which is whenever you're supposed to do it, I guess, because if it's bad, then I feel bad about myself for the rest of the day. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't want, I don't want attention. I don't want to think about going on a date, which is non-existent right now. But like, I just don't, I don't feel worthy. And obviously that's something that stems from, from my insecurities. And like, I've gone to therapy and listened to podcasts, or whatever. I've done a lot of self-help with like body dysmorphia. But at the end of the day, there are millions of women who feel mm-hmm. the same way that I feel. And so, you know, I'm like, okay, fast results. Let's think about the easy result because not all of us have time to go to therapy. Not all of us have the willpower to listen to podcasts and try to fix it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Let's just start with the first decision of the day. Let's put you in something that makes you feel and look good and like confident. That's, that's yeah. the whole premise that my brand is based off of. And it's obviously, it's worked. And it makes me feel, oh, the feeling that I get whenever someone sees my clothes or like they wear my clothes. Like I get emails or the the responses that I get in the DMs, they're saying like, I'm so glad that I came across your brand. And like, mm-hmm. seriously, even, I've had thousands <laughs> up until this point and still every single time I'm like, oh, like that's why I'm here. Like that's why this brand exists. It seems so silly or not important to, to be comfortable in what you're wearing. But like I said, when you leave the house in the morning, if you don't feel good about yourself, the decisions that you make are going to mirror that. So it's so like, mm-hmm. get to the root of the problem and just, get you in something that makes you feel and look good. I work with a lot of clients um, about how it's so important to know your why, your who, and your what. Yeah. So like, that's the foundation of all businesses and really all things, life in general. And I love that you are so clear on why you're doing it, who you're doing it for. And like, you really get, you're not selling a t-shirt, you're selling confidence. You're selling someone getting to live their best day. And that changes, it really does change everything. It, you know, um, how, how have you seen your business evolve versus the competition? And do you think it's because you are so tied to the women that you're serving? Yes. Um, we have a lot of copycats. We have a lot of companies, primarily overseas, that will literally take. It's so funny because we got we got a picture once of someone who purchased something from the um, the company Wish, and they are notorious for for stealing not just you know my designs but like hundreds or thousands of other people's hardware mm-hmm. designs. Uh, 
But like in the picture on our website, part of the word was like covered. And so whenever Wish made their t-shirts, it was printed in the exact same way that they stole from the website. So the half of the word on their t-shirt was cut off. It was so strange. So, I mean, I feel like there are the people that, that I think what it comes down to is they don't know what Pebby for Evie is and they don't know that it's not just a t-shirt. It's, Mm-hmm. It's a feeling. It's um, it's an experience. It's it's gonna literally change your life because if you like I've said five times now, if you feel good about yourself whenever you leave the house or whenever you go out on a date, you're overall gonna have better, more positive results. Uh, so I could, honestly, I don't pay attention to them. A lot of times, people will say like, "Is this you on Wish?" And I'll say, "Yeah," but like I feel like it's heavy for Evie has been around for long enough that the majority of the people know that like. Hey, I've seen this girl before. She certainly doesn't sell on Wish. So I, I, it's, it's a monster in itself because most of these companies are overseas and I don't, Mm -hmm. it's really hard to get them to stop, to stop doing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, You mentioned earlier how great it makes you feel when you get the feedback from women who love your products. How does that keep you motivated as an entrepreneur? Because every day is not sunshine and rainbows as an entrepreneur. (laughs) How much do you need Uh, that feedback to keep going? You know, there was a time probably about two years ago where I was like, I got someone that was pretty reputable and in like, you know, like the fashion boutique, like small company world um, had offered to, to purchase Pebby for Evie. And I was, at first tempted because I'm like, wow, that'd be great to, to sell it and maybe move on and do something else. But then I was so, I was so worried that what if this company changed the, the way that the brand is, what if the company, you know, just, I mean, I'm sure we would be able to like fine tune it, but again, like, this is like my baby. This was like my firstborn before I even had a firstborn. This was something that I created from a cardboard box, literally. So so, you know, the branding and the message that it sends is honestly more important than what the actual t-shirts say, because it's, mm-hmm. it's a feeling. And yeah, so I, it was something that I just couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't follow through with it. it the company means too much to me. And, but a couple of years ago, we were kind of moving out of the side slit option. And I didn't know where to go from there. I didn't know what kind of style I wanted to move into or I didn't know if it was just something that I struggled with. So a lot of times I'll use Instagram and I'll do polls. Like, what do you guys want to see more? Do you want to use, do you want us to try tank tops? What about muscle tees? Because muscle tees give more, uh, like they cover more than a regular tank top. Um, do you want to try something else? But then I always come back to like, what, like, what is it that I, that I do? Sometimes I lose like focus on myself. Like I forget my why for even like a second. So I started to kind of get out of wearing um, off shoulder tees. It just became a little bit less out of style for me. And I was like, Mm -hmm. well, what else do I do? And then I remembered that I cut my own tees a certain way. And like, I like sew them a little bit so that they go in like in a little bit through the waist. I was like, well, Mm -hmm. wait a minute. Like, what if we start selling these? Because these are primarily what I've been wearing now. And then those have been the side slit tees have been cool. I thought like off shoulders were <laughs> like the main t-shirt that we sold. Dude, when, when the side slit tees came into the picture, like it completely changed the entire way that I run my, my website. Like we used to offer custom designs. We used to offer custom cuts. The side slit tees are so 
flattering on so many body shapes that it doesn't even make sense to carry the inventory of most of the other styles that we were carrying because 99% of the women want it on a side slit tee. So, and that was mm-hmm. from just kind of tapping back into myself and being like, okay, well, like, this is my brand. This is something that I've created. It's done well because I've been honest about my body insecurities. So like, what am I insecure about now? And how did I fix it? And then kind of just transpiring that into like, well, other people probably want to wear this style of shirt too. <laughs> how Do you have a big team or like how, how big is your team for how much business you're doing? Um, we actually don't have like a huge team. It's so funny because I think a lot of people think that because it's been on Pinterest for nearly a decade now, because again, Pinterest is, we got into Pinterest right whenever it began. So like mm-hmm. my, the name Pebby for Evie and like my pictures have been circulating for nearly a decade. Um, a lot of people think that we're like some big company. We're still like, we have, I have five employees and one is part-time. And then I have a virtual assistant that helps answer questions that I can't always get to because I want to make sure, obviously, that even if I can't answer their questions immediately, that someone is. And then I have um, I have a second branding company and I have two people that help me with that. So it's mm-hmm. not huge. It's not as big as what you think it would be. And a lot of that's because I'm, I, grew up, <laughs> I grew up very, um, I hate to use the word poor because I know people that were actually poor, but we were not well off. Like my dad was, an alcoholic. He was never around. He was abusive. My mom was always working, trying to keep the family together. We didn't have money growing up. So even now, Mm -hmm. like even though the business is successful and it's established and it's here to stay, I still tend to make very small financial, but important decisions. Like I don't, Mm -hmm. I take risks, but they're very sensible and I execute them very sensibly. So if I don't like people just sitting around, if I feel like there's someone sitting around, then we got to create a new project then to keep you yeah. busy. like what else can I do to keep you busy like you know so we're not a huge team mm-hmm. so many people get intimidated when they want to create something that is in a space that they don't have experience in or they didn't go to school for you know coming from before being a full-time entrepreneur I was in product creation for 20 years And so I know what it's like on the corporate side of the engine of like, how do you make a t-shirt? There's all these steps and you know, these people. And I love that you've just made it. Um, What do you think is the advantage of being small and just jumping in and figuring it, figuring it out as you go versus knowing maybe more than is dangerous? (laughs) Um, Well, honestly, being where, starting where I was, And getting to where I am now was basically just pure grit because Mm -hmm. I, I've taught myself how to screen print using YouTube and reading like t-shirt forums. Um, there's, there's this thing that I like to say, I probably heard it somewhere, but in the back of my mind, it was this, I was, I would tell myself and like my mindset was honestly, I never thought of what would I do if this doesn't work out? Mm -hmm. That, That wasn't even an option in my head. It was, I'm going to do this and it will work out one way or the other. So the advantage, I guess, is that I learned to do things my way and I was able to save a lot of money. Like I, I went to school for fashion design and merchandising and I ended up dropping out my sophomore year because I'm like, I've always had, you know how I said earlier, I've always had like this little seed in me that was like, I know that I was made for more. I know that there was something about me that 
I don't want to make me like make myself sound like, oh, I'm so special. But like, I just knew like it was something within me that I just knew. Well, I also have this like time sensitivity thing. And I just think about like, sometimes I'm like, like whenever I was a sophomore in college, I was like, I'm wasting my time here. Like I'm wasting Mm -hmm. my time. I'm wasting my energy. I'm wasting my money. And so I was like, I'm just, this isn't even what I want to do. Like once I got more involved with it, I'm like, this isn't even what I want to do. So I'm not scared of being like, you know what? I'm just going to bow out for a minute. And then I can always come back. Like I can always Mm -hmm. be like, yeah, well, bowing out didn't work out either. So I guess I'm going to come back. So I don't really base a lot of what I do or what I don't know on what I can accomplish. Like I I'll accomplish it one way or the other. Like, especially now with the internet, like Mm -hmm. I, I feel like if you are using as an entrepreneur at this day and age, if you are using the lack of knowledge as an excuse, you don't want it bad enough because that's really not an excuse with all of the podcasts out there, with all of the YouTube tutorials, with all the TikTok tutorials. Like there are so many things. There are so many avenues where you can gain knowledge at your fingertips. And like a a 10th of that was available to me 10 years ago. And if I could do this, like with Mm -hmm. the little knowledge that I had and just like ruining one thing after another or sucking at one thing after another until I finally got it, like you have to really want it. And I feel Mm -hmm. like, you know, like a lot of the things that I've learned, I wouldn't have even learned in college. I wouldn't have even learned from a formal education. Are there things from a formal education that would have helped me out? (laughs) Yeah, they're definitely, (laughs) there's definitely a whole other side of things that I'm like, dang, like, I wish I knew how to like literally run a business. Like I didn't know Mm -hmm. how to do like accounting or how to do um, actual business management or project management. It was just like, well, I have this idea. So we're going to do this now. Like, and, mm-hmm. and on the back end, it, it can be pretty unorganized. Well, thank God I have like a really solid team that follows up with me now, but you don't always have to have like this one simple way of doing things or a formal mm-hmm. education to get you started or all of your eggs in a basket. Like a lot of times you just need to start with where you are and just figure it out. Yeah. I totally agree. I, I think that, as you said, there, there, any reason you're not doing it right now is is ultimately just an excuse. And if if someone's listening is in that place right now, like really look at that. Like, what is it that's actually holding you back? Because it's not the thing you're saying. Yeah, and that I think mm-hmm. that scares a lot of people too, because mm-hmm. it's like, oh shit, like <laughs> I really don't have, I don't have an excuse anymore. It's like, well, I mean, you don't. But I always mm-hmm. say like. Here's I and I also want to like, you know, kind of like soften the edges of that statement. It's okay if it's not your number one priority. Yeah. Because there, especially 2020, my priorities have shifted exponentially. Like two years ago, I didn't have to worry about teaching my kid in school. And now that's my number one priority. I never thought that that would be a thing. I would Mm -hmm. love to work out every single day. I would love it. But right now, it's not a priority. And it's okay to Mm -hmm. say like, yes, I'm interested in that. But it's also not my number one priority. A lot of times, like I can juggle three things. That's it. Unfortunately, for me, I'm always mom. I'm always dad because he's not around. And I'm always a business owner. So like anything else is optional. And it's kind of like juggling a bunch of different hats. But it's okay if it's like for me, if working out can't always be in the top three priorities. And it's okay if like, being on the cutting edge of like the best entrepreneur that you can be is not your number one priority. That's okay, especially in 2020. Well, we put so much pressure on ourselves that when we 
Sometimes when I use the word entrepreneur referring to powerful ladies, it, it scares people. They're like, I'm not an entrepreneur. And I'm like, do you have, are you your own boss? Do you have a small business? Like, are you making the decisions? Then the answer is yes. Like you actually are. Um, but that word can be so intimidating because we think about, you know, why combinators and Elon Musk and all this like extreme tech and money and spending and, it doesn't have to be. Um, there's a, a great book I finished recently called um, "The." It's like a simple business, and it's so nice to know that you can have a very successful business for yourself and your family, and it doesn't need to have any of those things that Tesla has. Like it really doesn't, and like you're proof of that, right? You have you have a team of five, and you're making it work for where you're at, and. The success you can experience as a business owner, it has nothing to do with having investors or stock or any of these crazy metrics. None of no. it, none of it is true. No, and one of the main things that I, I, I knew that like I didn't want to basically sell my soul to the devil to be able to pay my bills. Um, I, I wanted to make enough money. My goal in being an entrepreneur and being my own boss is that I could make enough money to pay my bills, take vacations with my daughter and, and not have to like base my life essentially around someone else telling me if it was okay or not based on their needs and their timeline. So the idea of like, whenever I worked at a, as a receptionist at that car dealership, whenever I was sick, like if I got like the flu or something, I would have to use my own vacation time so that I didn't lose money. And I'm like, this is like no way to live. And I make sure like, and now, like, I'm glad that like, I learned all of this because now I know with like my girls, like my employees, I'm like, you guys get like a couple of personal days a year. Like if you get sick, cool. Like, mm -hmm. don't worry about it. Like take, take, or like a mental health day, take it. Like you get like mm -hmm. two or three days like that a year, plus your, your vacation time, plus paid holidays off. Like I like from, and not having that whenever I worked in retail and as the receptionist and a waitress and constantly working. I mean, that's where the phrase comes from, I guess, like working for the man. So I was working for someone else and not even myself. And I was like, that that was one of the main perks in being an entrepreneur was not necessarily just having the money to do what I wanted, but the freedom. Yes. I didn't want to do it to have a bunch of things. It was so that if my daughter was sick, I could work from home that day and I didn't have to mm -hmm. report back to anyone or be worried that my job was on the line. Yeah. I, there's a whole unique space of of mom, mompreneurs or professionals who are also mothers of, you know, what we really need and, and what's, what's important because whether you have kids or not, you still need those things. You still need the sick days and the mental health days. You still need the ability to live your life. When I was working in, in Europe, I thought it was so smart that it was set up from a society perspective that you really, res um, they respected each person as a human, no matter where they were at in, in whatever business um, role they had, where everyone got more vacation time, everyone got some sick time. And it just, in my opinion, it allows, it allows people to take care of what matters to them, which is usually what matters to everyone else. Like if you have sick parents or sick kids or just to keep yourself going. And there's something really important about valuing time yeah. over money that I love that female entrepreneurs always rank as a reason why. And I wish that more people, more of society like got, <coughs> excuse me, 
had the opportunity to have that time because you can always make more money. You can't, we can't make more time. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. So on your journey as entrepreneur, um, you know, how many people have been instrumental in getting you to where you are? Like, who are the other people who have inspired you or helped you along the way? Um, that is a good question. So I listen to, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I've, this is like a hard question to answer because I feel like I've always been the leader and I'm Mm -hmm. always the one inspiring and I'm always the one leading by example and, and showing people how I do things and telling people how I live my life and trying to explain my mindset so that they Mm -hmm. can be the same way. So there, there has been people in my life that have influenced like Pebby for Evie. Um, but because it's like a personal brand, a lot of my, my, obviously my life story and, you know, just like things like my body image issues and, and all of that play into the brand as well. Like most of my um, customers find out who I am via Instagram and on my Instagram, you know, I'm very open. It's a lifestyle account. So I talk about being a single mom and I talk about the struggles of dating and, and talk about the, the hardships of her dad not being around or helping much. And, and one of the main people that has helped me a lot was my therapist, actually, like helping me mm-hmm. kind of like untell myself the lies that I have either believed or that I've been told. But also my um, my assistant, Nicole, actually, I, she should be a therapist, honestly, like I've, she's helped me <laughs> so much with like fixing my mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, most of last year was actually or two years ago was actually just me paying her to like help me and figure out. And she was basically, I called her my friend assistivist because she's my <laughs> friend, my assistant, and my therapist. So that my therapist and Nicole have been extremely um, helpful in helping me like curb my mindset. Um, but Brandon Bouchard is probably my mm-hmm. favorite podcaster and he really helps me keep my mindset where it should be. And like, he kind of helps me maintain laser focus. So like I walk a lot. So whenever I'm walking, um, I listen to him or I listen to you now, like now that I found out about you. So yes. I'm so excited to be here. You have no idea. I'm so <laughs> flattered. Um, so yeah, like there's been, um, there's been, and like the people I hired this company to help me out with, uh, finally, I had to find like an ad agency. Like I had to find someone that would help me get it even bigger than where, where I've gotten Pebby for Pebby. Like I have done great, like, you know, getting on a Shopify, taking my own pictures, like figuring out how to edit, like, but there's only so much that I mm-hmm. can do. Like whether it just be my skill set has only come this far, but I don't have the time to, to like, you know, bring it to another level. Um, so like finding someone that I could hand things off to, like the ad company that I have hired has been amazing at getting Pebby for Pebby even bigger than what, where I have brought it. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite statistics is the the four uh, employee rule, right? Like the average small business in America with one like owner employee as the one person, they're averaging like $42,000 a year in sales. But the second you get to four people on your team, whether they're employees or not, you get to 400,000 as an average. Yeah. And I just love that it it lets us know that it's okay to bring people on and that we can't do it by ourselves and we're never supposed to. (laughs) We're just not supposed to as humans. Right. I wish that was something that I had figured out earlier, um, that it's okay to not do everything yourself. And the reason why I 
there was two reasons why I was afraid to bring people onto my team. One was I was afraid I was going to get taken advantage of, um, like getting stolen from or my secret getting out, you know, like how I'd make things or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but the other one was money was that I didn't know that like what they had to offer would actually be worth the money. And so the first step I took was actually obviously hiring an assistant that was non-negotiable because once my little girl got bigger, I was like, she doesn't nap all day now. Like she's into everything and I cannot do all of this myself. So I finally found someone to come and work mm-hmm. for me. But then, um, the next thing I found was getting like an accountant. I finally handed that stuff off. So basically like I went through and I was like, what are some things that like, I don't want to know more about and that I don't yeah. care about and that I don't <laughs> like doing. And then from there I was like, okay, well I need to find someone that can do that. And it wasn't always easy. It wasn't just like, well, I hired an accountant. It was great. I went through three different accountants until I found the one that actually did a, mm-hmm. what I needed and what I thought was a good job. So, I mean, not everything is just like, well, you know, you just find the solution and there you go. Like that's hardly the case when you're an entrepreneur. It's a lot of running into roadblocks and like, oh, okay, well, let me pivot. I'm going to go over here. Well, that did not work either. Okay. Well, now we're going to go back over here. Like, so I love being honest about that too, because I don't want entrepreneurs to think like, well, you have this idea, you're going to succeed. There yeah. you go. Like, it's not like a baby bird where you just shove them out of a nest and then they fly. Like, no, like there's a lot to it. I want to be mm-hmm. completely transparent about it. It's totally worth it. But also don't make it up in your head that it's just going to be like, just easy as ABC. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of roadblocks and stuff. And it, like I said, it's a lot of grit and just wanting it that makes it, that makes it like, makes you succeed. There's something, there's that fire inside of, of us that makes us keep going, even though it seems totally ridiculous to anyone else. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I just, I love talking to entrepreneurs about that because whether people say like, it's my purpose, I'm finally in the right path. Like I don't have a choice. Like so often it's not a choice that we're making. It's like, well, no, like that's, there's no other option. Like you said that earlier, you're like, no, like, no, we just go straight. Yep. You're like, what about left? Nope. It's just straight. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And like, that's, mm-hmm. it's encouraging for me to hear other entrepreneurs talk like that, because then it makes me feel like, oh, okay, so that means whenever, like, I come to a roadblock, then that, like, a lot of times people will tell themselves, well, this wasn't for me, then this isn't working mm-hmm. out. And then they stop. It's like, no, that's whenever you keep going. Like, like, it's right. kind of like whenever you're working out and you're like lifting weights. Well, you don't, if you pick up like the easy weight and you just keep doing it over again, you're not going to make any changes. You're not going to see any growth, but it's really whenever you keep pushing yourself and like getting mm-hmm. through the painful stuff, that's whenever you start to see changes and whenever you start to find out different regimens that you prefer and whatever. So, I mean, I'm talking about working out as if I actually know, but in general, like, <laughs> I, feel like that's a good, or, I mean, let's be honest. I don't really know. I'm sitting here with my jeans unbuttoned because I'm so bloated today. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, no, it, it's it's a uh, it's true though. Like to me, when you the first challenge you face is when I'm like, ooh, it's getting good, because it's very much like um, an adventure story or like a quest. Like if you're not being challenged, you're not on the right path. Because the hero's journey is not smooth sailing. The hero's journey is like when you face a challenge and the hero chooses what to do in that moment. Right, right. Everyone that walks away, it's like, it's such a missed opportunity to see how creative can you get? Like how resourceful can you be? How strong are you really? And 
You know, um, we reference on this podcast a lot, and I'm shocked that it is the number one talked about book from like every guest, but The Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert and talking about how the creative genius like wants to play. It's like, it's a game. And so how do you respond? There's something about how you respond to those challenges that the more that you're like, okay, yeah, let's do it. Let's try. Yeah. It, so, it seems to fortune, um, you know, what is it like luck favors the fortune favors the, the brave or something like that's really what this is. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. When you hear the words powerful ladies separately and together, what does it mean to you and what does it bring up? Oh, like how I feel like whenever I hear the word powerful and how I feel when I hear the word ladies. Yeah. Well, I, okay. So I'm going to address ladies first because I, in my head, I feel like 10 years ago, I would have pictured a woman in pearls, like, you know, super classy, yeah. like, you know, like a suit of some sort, someone who never swears. And now I feel like the word lady has <laughs> just been completely reinvented. And it's, it's much more realistic. A lady is someone who does not stand for being disrespected. A lady mm -hmm. is someone who respects herself enough to go after the things that she wants and doesn't wait around for a man to get it for her. Um, a lady is someone who respects those around her, who doesn't like negate someone's feelings or who stands for things like racial injustice or anything like that. Like a lady is someone who, who, is, who is powerful in her own self to know that she has worth and value by herself and she doesn't need validation from anybody else. So I love this question. I was not prepared for it, but that's, I feel like <laughs> I love thinking about the word lady and how even when I, like just t even five, 10 years ago, I would have thought of something completely different than what it is today. The word powerful, I think I tie the word influence with powerful. I feel like Look, whenever I was younger, I wanted to be, when people would ask me, I remember my grandpa like sitting me up on the kitchen counter and being like, what do you want to be when you grow up, Elizabeth? And I was like, famous. And he was like, famous. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I want to be famous. But in my head, I associated the word famous with having influence. And so I wanted to be someone who, who made a change on a big scale. Like you can make mm -hmm. changes in people's lives on a small scale, holding holding the door for someone, getting like when you're in line at Starbucks, buying for the person behind you, like the little things like that, you can, you have no idea what that might mean to that person. So like little things can make a big difference, but I wanted, I, this is the seed I was talking about. I knew mm -hmm, that there was something mm -hmm. about me that was meant for something huge on a daily basis, yes. every minute, every hour, I knew that I was meant for something more. So I feel like the word powerful like the word famous in my mind was replaced with influence influential as I got older, because, you know, think about how much, how much influence celebrities have and like how different celebrities are in general than what they were yeah. 50 years ago, like Elvis Presley and like Marilyn Monroe. I don't know if that's 50 years ago, but whatever, like those, there was very select celebrities. And now there are hundreds of celebrities and think about all of the influence that they mm -hmm. have. Like, Kylie Jenner mentioned something that she's not even on Snapchat anymore. And like the Snapchat stock like plummeted, like because she said mm -hmm. one sentence. So the, the influence that you have on people's lives is, is, is powerful. So I feel like powerful again, like 10 years ago, unfortunately in my head, probably because society has brainwashed me, I would have pictured myself, like pictured like a businessman. Mm-hmm. 
in like you know like some board meeting and you know like whatever he said went and he had his little (laughs) following him around like that's what i would think of whenever i thought of powerful but now i just think of influence like people who have influence have power yeah no it's um it's always controversial those two words because everyone does have their different story and i love that you tie influence to powerful because that's how it occurs to me like powerful ladies are so powerful and they have all the power they ever need already inside of them it's just a matter of if we know it's there and then what are we doing with it you know we have in the foundation of powerful ladies is this term full circle empowerment where whether you are already a boss lady or a woman rising or someone just desperately seeking any form of inspiration we all have the ability to level each other up like we don't need to be at the top of the pyramid to be of influence right and how do we keep paying it forward because if we can't be paying empowerment forward then i'm not sure why we're doing any of the stuff we're we're doing right Mm -hmm. um what's next for you and where you're going with your business and despite the madness of 2020 like what are you excited about well, my goal for 2020 was to actually um, not step out of Pebby for Evie by any means, but basically just oversee it um, mm-hmm. because my heart is obviously first and foremost, making sure that women have plenty of options that they feel good wearing around the house, going on dates, whatever. Like I want them to feel like they are sexy, confident, ready to conquer the world in any situation. But I also love helping other entrepreneurs. So I also have a course that goes up. It's not evergreen. So it pops up every couple of years or every couple of months. And we like tweak it with what's going on with the Instagram algorithm and all of that. Um, but I want other like entrepreneurs and business people to succeed at a much faster rate than what I did. Like it took me nine years to get to this point. And I'm so thankful. It's kind of like, I'm glad that I started and something that was equatable to like the mailroom because the experience and the knowledge mm-hmm. that I have learned along the way is it's irreplaceable. Like it's, it's, I'm so glad that I did it this way. However, there have been so many things that I have learned that I'm like, no, 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 you don't want to do it this way. You don't want to spend <laughs> yeah. your money here. You don't want to like post this then, or like use this social media platform or use this website platform. Like I have, I have so many answers for you. I have like, I feel like there's so many questions that come up when you're an entrepreneur that like, like me, whenever I started, I had no one to turn to. The only way to figure it out was to literally just figure it out. It was a lot of pivots and like running into walls and U-turns. So I'm like, mm-hmm. dang, if I could like help people, they could get there in a year or two yeah. years. If they put in the work and if they want it bad enough, they can learn in, in one, one of my courses, they could learn in one day what it took me two two to three years to learn. Like I, it's basically like condensed every question that you have into one. And so that's where my heart is. I want to kind of focus more of my main like attempts at helping people and like really focusing on the back end of, of running a business. And it doesn't matter what kind of business Mm -hmm. you are, because if you're a realtor, if you're a hairdresser, if you sell something with MLM, it doesn't matter. Like you all have something about you where you want to work for yourself. You have this passion. You have that seed inside of you, the same seed that I had. Let me help you grow it. I'm going to put some miracle grow on, like on that ship. We're going to get you sprouting really fast. Like that is my goal. Mm -hmm. Like I want to, it's so, it's so frustrating because I'm like, 
listen to yeah. what I'm saying. Like you, I, and people don't really, I mean, some people know about it. Like my Instagram followers know about it, but I'm like, there were millions of people that need to know this information. Like you, you need to know it. Yeah. <laughs> save you so yeah. much time and money. No, I feel the same way. It's like, um, you want to shake people, right? <gasps> Yeah. And like, I love, I love talking to entrepreneurs because they have, they have the same questions that whenever, like the same questions that I had. And I want, I like want to reach out and like hold them by the shoulders and be like, listen to me. I know exactly what you're feeling. I know exactly what you're going through. Do A, B, and C and do it this time and this time, whatever. And you will get the results and you don't have to spend a year figuring it out and like being frustrated. Mm-hmm. Like I have the answers for you. So that's like, obviously I'm very passionate about this. Like I get really excited, but I just, it's, I love <laughs> having this knowledge. Again, I want to tell the world mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. So is, is your course focused on social media and marketing or what, like what niche does your course cover? Yes. So there's different sections. So one course focuses on specifically Instagram and how to make Instagram work for you, because that was something that really boosted my sales was whenever I figured out how to use Instagram. And it basically, long story short, Instagram, probably like three or four years ago, moved away from mass marketing and started to focus more on relationship marketing. And so Mm -hmm. finding Mm -hmm. a way to connect with your followers and the people that, you know, could potentially find you is the main way to, to get them to notice you. Um, Oh, what was the question? Sorry, I have ADD. (laughs) It's okay. What what are your courses about? What what niche? So the follower Mm -hmm. formula one focuses on just Instagram and basically teaching you how to do relationship marketing. And then the other courses behind the brand. So it helps you um, learn how to brand, like what is a brand? Like, you know, a brand mm-hmm. is, is a makeup of relationships and experiences and feelings. And so it's basically breaking it down and then breaking it down even more so that you have a very like pinpoint idea of what your brand is and what you're trying to do. And gosh, once you have clarity, yeah, clarity is so, it needs to be talked about more whenever it comes to marketing. Cause yeah. they're like, Oh, well just who do you sell to? Like what age? It's so much more than that. It's so much more than where the person lives and, you know, like how old they are and if they're male or female. Like it's so much more than that. I mean, obviously it's good to know those things, but that could not be any more broad. Like you need to know Mm -hmm. what they do at eight o'clock at night. What do they like for breakfast? What kind of car do they drive? Where do they vacation? Do they have kids? Do they like having kids? Like, you know, like, do they vacation (laughs) with their friends or do they vacation only with their family? Like there are so many things that go into it. Mm -hmm. And the the behind the brand course helps you break down your, um, your ideal client. And that, that is so much fun for me because I teach you how, like I make all of my own, I, I make my own website, like the Pebby for Evie website. And so I teach you like there's instructional videos on how to make like sliders and how to add mm-hmm. graphics to it. Because again, this is just something that I would stay up until three, four AM figuring it out. And it's I'm like, oh my gosh, why weren't these tutorials available to me? But it's okay. Like I figured <laughs> it out and now I can help other people figure it out much faster. What are you doing in the next live classes? We will probably have one probably we were, that's a trick question. Cause we were planning on having one in, um, September, but with my daughter not going back to school, it was like, I don't have the t- like she's in first grade. Mm-hmm. So I'm teaching her how to hold a pencil for crying out loud. She doesn't even know how to use the computer. 
So this online learning stuff is a joke. But um, we were supposed to have one in September and might get pushed until October. But Mm -hmm. in 2021, it'll be, that's where the main focus is going to be. So there's going to be a lot being pushed out in 2021. We have like selfie school coming up where it sounds, sounds like trite, you know, to know how to take a good selfie, but oh my God, it's so important to know how to take a good selfie and when it's appropriate to take a selfie and how often and what kind of captions do you write with selfies? Like you need to know these things, even if you're not in a business, it's good to know these Mm -hmm. things. Well, I think everyone ultimately is is their own brand today, which they you know, we weren't before. And as much as I tried to fight being the face of powerful ladies, like I just have to surrender and give up. Like it's just it's not going to go the other way. So, you know, what are you doing to keep your sanity? You mentioned walks and podcasts. Like, how do you schedule fun for yourself? Like, how do you make everything work that you're up to? That is something that I'm terrible at. Um, And I realized that actually during COVID, there was, if there was one good thing that happened during COVID, it was that I realized that I am a very like serious person whenever I'm working, like I kind of get tunnel vision and the only problem, there's nothing wrong with that. But the only problem that comes with that is that I'm always working because I like to work. And so Mm -hmm. I tend to be kind of serious all the time. And I realized I really lost a lot of like my goofy side, like, like this is crazy to even talk about, but like I do this like voice, it's called sisterling. And it's basically uh, you're, I can't believe I'm talking about this right now. It's basically like, you know, how like little kids sound whenever they're like, they, they sound like they're on helium because like they're, yeah. they're just so tiny. The little voice boxes are tiny. Well, sometimes I talk like that. Like I talk, we call it sisterling. I don't even know where this came from or why I'm talking about it, but I've realized it's been like <laughs> years since I've talked in sisterling. And it's like one of those things that always makes everyone laugh. But like I talk in sisterling whenever I feel relaxed enough to be goofy, whenever yeah. I've checked out enough to just like be present and not have like, you know, a new project or a current project, like in my rails on my brain. She's like, okay, it's like, leave it, like leave work. And that's hard to do as an entrepreneur. It really is like, because we work, all the time because we like working. It's, you know, I I know a lot of people struggle with this. It's like, you have to make time for yourself to check out. And I realized that during COVID, it forced me to slow down. And then I was like, um, well, things run just fine. If I'm not up. Well, look at that. Like, like I sat on my butt all day today and sales are still coming in. Customer service is getting taken care of. And I don't need a new project to make me feel happy or fulfilled right now. It was just like a little light bulb went off. Like, oh, yeah, I, I focus so much on making sure that I've created a brand to enjoy life, but then I don't mm-hmm. always, you know, tap out and enjoy life. And so, yeah, I've forced myself to, to make like weekends work free. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't do anything on the weekends. I don't check my email, nothing. Otherwise, like, you know, one email will have me thinking about it for five hours and I'm like, well, I don't, I don't want that. Like I work Monday through right. Friday. That's it. Mm-hmm. No, we, um, we just launched an evergreen course a week ago now. And I intentionally planned a vacation the day it went live. Yeah. Cause I'm like, that's it. Like whether, no matter what state it's in, like I have to finish by 4 PM on Friday and then I'm gone for a week and everyone else can figure it out. That is awesome. And do that. that's yeah, it, it was just, I had to, I had to have that line in the sand to hold myself accountable because otherwise it would like things can keep creeping. Like maybe I just fix it a little bit more, a little bit more. 
And it's like, no, like it has to be. I, I'm very similar. Like I really enjoy, I enjoy the work I do. I love who I get to hang out with all day. You know, we're doing an entire series this month of September in like dream customers. And part of my philosophy with my coaching clients for, is pick customers that you actually want to hang out with and life is so much better. And so, you know, everyone that's part of Powerful Ladies, like I actually want to spend time with, like this podcast is totally selfish. It's like, how do I get to hang out with people I would never hang out with otherwise? <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah. But really like it's, um, you know, we could be having this conversation right now over a drink or over coffee. And that's why I love getting to do this part. Um, Cause I'm the same way until I feel like things are done enough or complete enough. I can't relax. Yep. Like, we literally got home yesterday from camping for a whole week and I didn't sit down until laundry was going and things were cleaned up. Like until it's put away, I can't chill. And it's definitely my own personal problem. And it's like, but once it's done, I can, I can actually be present. Otherwise I'm like, Oh, that stuff is in the car. And Absolutely. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. Absolutely. Yep. How does it feel being an entrepreneur and what that gets to show your daughter? I, that is a good question. I want her to know that, I mean, she already has a much better childhood than me. Like, I can't even compare. And I don't want to say it like much, like cue the violence. Like, you know, my childhood wasn't great. When I hear other people talk about their childhoods, I'm like, mine was not like that. Like mm -hmm. I was doing my own laundry at eight. Like it was not like that. I didn't really have one. So I want her to take away from, it doesn't matter like what she has or what she doesn't have. She's always capable of, of giving her best with, with what she has. Mm -hmm. So like the other day, whenever we were in school, she was, um, they were, it was so sad. They were having this zoom call and the teacher had asked them to like read and she just got into first grade. And I will be completely honest with you. Whenever she got out of kindergarten, like in February or March, um, she was like learning to like use her sight words and stuff. Well, she has not looked at a book since February or March. Like that kid does not like to read. I struggle, like I struggle with making her read. Honestly, I don't even remember it. This is like, this is one of those things where having a second parent is so helpful because let me be honest with you it's a struggle to get her out of bed it's a struggle to get her to brush her teeth to put her cereal back into like the cereal away her bowl back in the sink to get dressed let me do your hair everything is like mm -hmm. i mean she's seven so she has she definitely has a personality and it's a strong one god only knows where <laughs> she got it from but it's like everything feels like i'm like yanking her or being like come on let's go mm -hmm. And then to add more on top of that, like, I know you don't like to read, but now I'm also going to make you sit here and read. Like, it was just like, it's not going to happen. And I didn't, and plus I was dealing with my own stuff. Like during COVID, mm -hmm. I didn't know how that was going to affect my business. I just moved into a new house. Like we had moved into this house and a week later is whenever everything shut down. And I'm like, oh my God, I just moved into this new house. Like what has going to happen with my business? We weren't allowed to go mm -hmm. into work. It was chaos. So no, teaching my daughter how to open a book was not on the top of my list of priorities. And so whenever she was in first grade now, she's in first grade, we're doing the Zoom call. The teacher asked everyone to read. She immediately starts to cry. Now, she's not the only kid in that class that can't read. She can read some sight words, but again, like she, we haven't practiced it in six months. Mm -hmm. She basically just had mm -hmm. a six month summer vacation. 
So she immediately started to cry. And so I'm not like, you know, teachers or moms and dads aren't allowed to like, you know, coddle their kids, which makes sense. So I waited till it was done. She came down. She was just like sobbing and my heart broke and I felt so bad. And she's like, she asked me to read and I don't know how to read. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I was honest with her. I'm like, I bet the kids who know how to read have a daddy helping or they have a grandma helping or they have an older Mm -hmm. sister, an older brother that helps. I am sorry that I have not helped you with this, but we will get some help. And so I like, I can't do it. Like I'm already at max capacity. So I'm hiring a tutor, but like, that's Mm -hmm. just one example where I'm like, she's, she has a much better childhood than what I've ever had or what I ever thought that she could have. Like her childhood has been great, but she's still going to come up with some things that are hard for her. Everyone has, you know, struggles Mm -hmm. or something that they need to get over. Everyone's going to have something that they need to go visit therapy for. Like, it doesn't matter what you, everyone (laughs) needs to be in therapy. So I hope that like what she sees from me is that you are capable of literally anything. If you want to be a doctor, or if you want to be a lawyer, or if you want to take over this business, or if you want to be a famous soccer player, I don't care. You're not going to get it handed to you. Like it takes a lot of hard Mm -hmm. work. I'm not going to sugarcoat that either, but you can do anything that you want. Like I cannot believe that eight years ago or nine years ago, whenever I started this, that it is where it is today. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's like, I mean, I, I can't believe it, but I can't. Like, I'm just like, wow, I didn't really realize that this was how it was going to end up. So she's capable of anything anyone is. For sure. And I think that there's some beauty to when your head is down and you're just working and working and like making it happen when you look up and you go, oh, holy shit. Like, yeah. I did that. <laughs> That's how it I is. didn't know <laughs> that was bad. I didn't know I had been doing that this whole time. Mm-hmm. Right. What are you most proud of yourself for, business or life? I'm a I'm a three enneagram, so that's a hard question for us to answer. Um, this is not even business related. Um, I'm proud that I went to therapy and that I did the inner work to get over like daddy issues. I didn't mm-hmm. know that I had daddy issues. I guess I just associated like daddy issues with being, you know, like mistreated, like all of, like the normal things that you associate with having daddy issues or like family issues. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't realize until I started to go to therapy, how much of my life was basically a lie. And I was making decisions based off of that lie. And so a lot of my misperceptions were completely, or a lot of my conceptions were were completely wrong. Like they were, Mm -hmm. I was perceiving things in a a light that wasn't true. And so I'm glad that I went that, I went that route and I did the work. I mean, I still like love going to therapy and I frequent it, Um, but it can be daunting to go to therapy and it's hard in the middle of it because man, that can of worms for me was really deep. Mm-hmm. And like there's the mm-hmm. little worms are still like poking out every once in a while. Like, I mean, they're, they're on the list. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was hard to get started going to that first step because it just seems so mm-hmm. daunting. I don't think a lot of people are necessarily scared to go tell a stranger and talk about their feelings. They just know in like the back of their minds that it's like, <sighs> this is going to be a lot yeah. of digging. And it's like, d- am I doing okay? Yeah, I'm doing okay. But do I want to do the work to be stellar? Mm-hmm. And 
So I'm glad. I think I'm really glad that I did that. Yeah, it, it's and, and I, I love that line. Like, are you willing to do the work to be stellar? Because I think that's a choice that all of us have to make no matter what we're facing. Um, any of us, as you said, can have any life we want. Um, but do you want to be good enough or do you want to be stellar? Yeah. Yeah. I like being stellar when I can, you know, that's, that's what I'm striving for. Uh, cause it's way more fun. I think it's, yeah. Yeah. Maybe there's some masochist in me as well that like appreciates the pain and suffering. But <laughs> No, it's like, I I'm too curious about what's over that next ridge. Like what's next? Because it's never, it's not like you start a business and you've reached the mountaintop once it's out there. It's like, no, that was just the first hill. Like, absolutely. And it seems like you're climbing Everest when you start. And then when you get there and you realize, oh, that wasn't Everest. That's cute. <laughs> right. Oh, that was an anthill. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, we ask everyone on the podcast where they rate themselves on the powerful lady scale. Zero being average everyday human and 10 being the most powerful lady possible. Where would you rank yourself today? And where do you think you rank yourself on average? I honestly, I think I'm, I'm probably a nine today. Like I, I feel like I, I, I know that what I say have has influence, which is why I'm very careful with with the wording that I put out and why I feel like it's so important to be transparent about my body issues or struggling with being a single mom. Like I want people to know that, especially because I feel like a lot of times when people see me, they see like, you know, a, a decent looking blonde and, you know, the dress is cute. And so you automatically get this perception of who I am. Like, and I do the same thing. It's not like necessarily mm -hmm. a bad judgment, but you do judge, like you don't realize that you are. But I mean, if I see someone in the soccer uniform, I'm like, oh, they love soccer, but maybe that, maybe it's yeah. a costume. Like, you don't know, you just get this <laughs> idea in their, your head that that's what they do and what they're into. And so mm -hmm. I love being someone that, I, that is, um, I love being someone that people don't necessarily expect me to be. Um, you know, I, I like to do my hair and makeup, but I also, I like to get dirty and like, you know, go fishing, that sort of thing. So I feel like I, I can relate to a lot of people in a lot of ways. Um, mm -hmm. In general, I feel like, in general, I feel like I'm an eight. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident in like the fact that I have influence and that I, I have like a positive influence on people's lives. One thing that I want to get a, be a better handle on is, um, like securing my own demons when it comes to body image, because every morning, whenever I wake up, I think about these pairs of jeans that I can't fit in right now. It's literally my first thought. And like a lot of that is habitual, but like it's, it needs to stop. And so again, go back to therapy. We're going to get off that shovel and we're going to keep on digging and like breaking away. And a lot, and a lot of that is like generational. Like my mom is like yeah. that and her mom is like that. So like, not only am I trying to like, sort out the thoughts in my own brain, it's, it's breaking this generational issue that we have. And that's like, that's a big load to carry. Like, well, yeah. why didn't my mom do this so that I didn't have to do it? But like, that's another thing. Like with my daughter, we do not discuss, like my friends and I, we, we tried to get better at it with each other, not knocking our mm -hmm. bodies or anything like that, even remotely negative about our bodies. We really don't even talk about our bodies in front of her. Cause I'm like, that's what started it with me is I remember being eight and seeing 
Like my mom hated her body so much and she hated her cellulite and her build and like she hated it. And it was very obvious that she hated it and was very insecure. And I remember being eight and just a year older than my daughter. And it's just crazy to think about. I like sat down and I saw cellulite in my legs. And from that moment on, my worth plummeted. And it's been a climb ever since trying to, mm-hmm. to get out of that mindset. And I mean, I don't want to blame my mom, but that was her fault. And so I want to make sure yeah. that like, you know, I don't do that to, to my daughter. So, I mean, it's a lot, it's, it's not, there's a lot going on in here at all times, basically. But yeah, I feel yeah. like I could be yeah. better if I did the work myself and I was, mm-hmm. I worked on being more confident with my body in general, which again, it's just work. It's listening to the podcast. It's going to therapy. It's, it's doing the work. Well, I also want to acknowledge you for how much you are changing your family legacy. Like you're not just changing your family legacy about body image, but you're changing it from a financial perspective. You're changing it from a being there and being committed perspective, from making an impact perspective. Like when you look at the impact that you're making, it's bigger than your daughter. And it's like, literally you are holding that line of like, no more. Like this is when the family legacy changes and it's a byproduct of you just doing what you know you're here to do, which is, I mean, that's, that's a win on like such a huge, huge scale. I'm like, you know, uh, no, you're making my throat get all tight. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, thank you. That, that means a lot. <laughs> no, it's, it's true. It's like, um, there's so many other things that you could be doing, right? There's so many easier paths. There's so many um, times in a day that we can choose to rise up to like being that greatness we want to be or, or being what's easy. And I think everyone who's been listening so far is so clear on you choosing, like you say, no, we're doing it this way. Like, nope. And I, I think you just need to give yourself credit for that because that's part of being um, a mom and being an entrepreneur and having influence be what's driving you and it's working. So you're doing great, girl. Well, thanks. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, for everyone that's listening and is now obsessed with you and wants to either follow in your path or know where how they can support you, how first do you recommend that they, you, you mentioned um, Brandon Bouchard, you mentioned listening to podcasts, like what are your last words of wisdom for people who are like, should I do this? Oh, think about, I heard this quote whenever I was younger and I felt like this, this helped shape my view sets or my mindset. So what would you do if money had no influence? So like, you know, if you love drawing and you could draw for the rest of your life and you didn't have to worry about doing it to make money, you know, it was just there. Mm-hmm. What what would you pick? And so for me, I love one of my favorite shows was um, what not to wear. Yeah. Because I was like, like I cried every time because I'm like, oh my God, these women, like, you know, like just get something that's flattering for your body type and just find out what makes you comfortable and confident and like seeing their faces whenever they came out. Like I like, like sobbing, sobbing, because I was just so happy for them. And I'm like, they've done it. Like they can see themselves in in such a positive light um and so like I knew that like fashion and and self-expression was was always a huge thing for me being able to express yourself is is huge to me and that's one thing that my mom did right she let me express myself however I wanted so if I wanted blue hair she was like 
well, I mean, okay. Like, I mean, she's like, <laughs> all right, well, okay. But, you know, if that keeps you out of doing drugs, then fine. Like, well, unless you have blue hair. <laughs> so, so I would encourage people to figure out, like, don't, don't ever do something just based on the money. I feel like that. Mm-hmm. And when people think of an entrepreneur, they think, well, they can work whenever they want and they'll just make money. Well, if it was that easy, everyone would be doing it. And you have to love what you're doing. You have to be obsessed with it because there's going to mm-hmm. be times where you're on a cliff and then you plummet. And it's that obsession with it that gets you to crawl out from the bottom and get back on the top again. And the obsession and like just wanting it so bad, that's what raises you through those times. It's not the, it's not the money. Like don't chase money. I've seen so many people close to me make decisions based off of how much money they would make. And again, like it would... It would take them away from their friends and family for months at a time. Like they're mm-hmm. trading in their life for a paycheck. And I'm like, that's not, you should be, no, it's about the freedom. That's what this is about. It's not about the money. So that's, that's a big one for me. And so don't chase anything just because you think it's going to be, it's going to make you a lot of money. Now, obviously I understand that like, you know, there are times in your life where being financially stable is priority number one. Like we talked about prior priorities earlier. Like, of mm-hmm. course, like there mm-hmm. were times before I did this where I worked three jobs because we grew up poor and I finally got old enough to have a credit card. So I got nine of them. Like, why not? And then, of course, I wasn't able to keep cut up with it. And then, of course, I went into debt and it took me three years of working three jobs to get out of it. So, like, I get it. I get how sometimes, like, you know, starting my own entrepreneur business wasn't in the car to me right then and there. Like there are seasons and there are things that you have to learn. Mm-hmm. The universe is teaching you things like just accept it. Otherwise you're going to have to, it's going to teach it to you again. Uh, so, you know, like I get that there's seasons to everything, but also understand that there's seasons and you can change your priorities as you get out of one season and into another. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's, it's, it gives, allows you space to give yourself grace, right? When you remember that we are on this journey of learning what we need to for what's next. Um, you know, if anyone who's gone through like the Dave Ramsey program, he talks a lot about how like, you're not going to get what you're not ready for. And I think that's accurate in all areas of life. Like if what you resist persists. So like, how do you sit there and like deal with it in that moment, you know, you're supposed to. So it's handled and you can level up like what everything that you're supposed to have will come. It's just a matter of like, like doing the work and having your head down and like being in whatever you're in, in that moment. It's so hard because I am like the least patient person on the planet. Like I think anyone who's an entrepreneur, like you see it 10 years down the road, half the time. And you're like, wait, we're not there yet. What happened? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Um, But there is something beautiful about like, hold on, if it's not working, how do we figure out why? Like there's, there's su- such simple things. Business is not complicated and it looks, it looks scary and intimidating and complicated from the outside, but at the end of the day, it's really not. So how do we just have a timeout and look at what isn't working and why? And then once you do that exercise, it's so easy to see like 50 things you could try to change it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how important have the girlfriends and other powerful ladies in your life been to your journey? Oh my God. The biggest, the biggest, the biggest, the biggest supporters, the biggest, um, they challenge me. Um, they, they pull things out that I, that they see that I don't, and we do it to each other. Um, Mm -hmm. it's, they've been the biggest 
support system that I could ever ask for. And I know that they feel the same way about me. Like I, you know, we all challenge each other. Um, I've never been close with my family, like my immediate family or my extended family. Uh, Mm -hmm. I consider, I've always been like someone that considers my girlfriends to be actual family. Like I have two, one lives in New York and one lives in um, Atlanta now. And like, we call each other sisters. Like, I mean, it Mm -hmm. sounds like cliche, I guess, but I mean, I've never had support from my own family, let alone in the way that my friends have shown up for me. So they've been huge building blocks in in me becoming who the person I am today is. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do to maintain those relationships with everything else you have going on? Well, that's a priority. So we have girls <laughs> night once a week. Um and they started their own podcast so every once in a while, like we'll be guests on each other's podcast. Um, but yeah, we have, we have girls night once a week and we have group chat. Um, yeah. So we're pretty active in each other's lives. Like I, people ask me all the time, like, when are you going to date? Like, are you on the dating apps again? Like I've been divorced now for six years and I've dated off and on, but it's one of those things where like, if I didn't have a child, I probably would be married by now because I could make that a priority, but like, mm-hmm. I can't like her, she, I have her nearly a hundred percent of the time. And so it's, it's hard to get away. It's hard to make it a priority. Um, but it's just like, it's just one of those things where I'm like, you know, like it'll happen. It'll happen whenever it happens. Why do we, uh, seriously, I have ADD. Why did we, why did I start talking about that? <laughs> We were talking about how the importance of girlfriends and how you maintain those relationships. Oh, because I, oh, okay. So like they are priority to me, like having them over once a week is a priority. Them being as in my chats is, is a priority and, and my work is a priority and the branding is a priority and like things that aren't a priority just don't fit in. And, and I'm, I'm learned to be okay with that. Yeah. There's a great book um, by Dan Meredith called how to be fucking awesome. And he really drives home how, we can only do like three things a day, then three things a week, three things a month, yes. three, three things a year. And to me, there's so much freedom, right? The key word of like why we're doing all this stuff when you realize, okay, if I can do only three things a month, what do I want those to be? And let's be really intentional because, you know, so many people, I think, get caught in the cycle of, living a life that they haven't chosen or living a life that they didn't decide. They kind of just fell into it. And um, you, know, you mentioned clarity earlier and in the Powerful Ladies community, we actually just made it into a kit you can get outside of it. But we have this clarity kit where you really sit there and look at like, wait, why am I doing these things? <laughs> like, do I want to? And there's such like, I'm a big believer in ha- in minimizing to grow. And, uh, you know, whether it's using the KonMari method or just minimizing things otherwise, whether it's money or time or your stuff, when you scale back and just choose really what you want, it's crazy to me, like how many doors and things start opening Yep. because there's finally room. There's room for all that stuff to show up. Yep. Mm -hmm. And you can finally be intentional with stuff instead of like half-assing it because that's the only way you can do everything. And so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, it has been such a pleasure hanging out with you today. Um, As we are wrapping up, is there anything else you'd want to share with everyone listening? 
No, I'm just so glad. I'm so flattered to be here. Everyone should listen to this podcast. That was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Thank you for being a yes to powerful ladies. And thank you for all that you're doing in your world as well. Thank you. I had so much fun. Thank you for having me. Peppy is such a powerful lady. I am so excited that Natasha connected us and I'm absolutely keeping her in my powerful lady pocket of favorites. Go ahead and support this badass woman. To connect, support, buy from, and follow Peppy, you can find her on Instagram at Peppy for as well as at her website, PeppyForever.com. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Powerful Ladies Podcast. There are so many ways you can get involved and get supported with fellow powerful ladies. First, subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. Give us a five-star rating and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. Join the Powerful Ladies Thrive Collective. This is the place where powerful ladies connect, level up, and learn how to thrive in business and life. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube page. And of course, visit our website, thepowerfulladies.com. I'd like to thank our producer, composer, and audio engineer, Jordan Duffy. Without her, this wouldn't be possible. You can follow her on Instagram at Jordan K. Duffy. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love.